god. It's an organic experience. <laughs> an organic experience. Two, one. Welcome to another Stoned Apes podcast. This is the Reverend, the Professor and Sarge back again. Welcome back, everybody. Hola. It has been a fucking week. Yeah, it's been yeah. For sure. Dude, before flew by. Before we even get started, I gotta get high. So we're gonna light this motherfucker. Big thank you to the weed. This is a really good cigar. What's this one? It's a sweet, sweet Jane. Yeah, dead, we got good cigars and dead, good drink today, don't we? Yeah. Deadwood tobacco. Got that whistle pig twelve year old world rye. Yeah, that's really that's good. some good shit. I, I haven't had that before. This ended up being excellent. Got this as a gift this week, and uh, give a shout out to my man Dr. for this one. Oh yeah, yeah, for damn sure. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get too many birthday gifts, but I'll tell you what: any time that you get a twelve-year bourbon as a birthday gift, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not complaining. Right, I was right. like, no, that's a good hookup right there. And a and a four thirty wake up. <laughs> yeah, he's responsible for that too. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah, so we get so the stoned apes. <laughs> Made an appearance this morning in all our glory at what I got to get the name of this group. Somebody F3, F3? yeah, F3 group, right? So we were down in DeSoto, we got invited out there by the mayor, right? So we went out there, we went down with the mayor. The mayor was like, Hey, uh, unofficial mayor, I should say, was like, Hey, come down, check this out, see how things are going to go. And uh, we were told that it was going to be easy, right. They said, show up, there will be coffee, you can do a little bit of talking, you can work out if you want to. It you wasn't don't. hard, but context matters. Context yeah. really mattered. Because <laughs> it was like, let, let's be honest, so the, so the people know who they're dealing with right here. So Sarge is the earliest waker, and he wakes up at 5.30 every day, mm-hmm. right? Ish, you're the yeah. second earliest only because you have kids. Yeah, and, and like you're up. 37. The professor's <laughs> up at like 6.37. Yeah. And then there's my ass. And I roll out of bed like a 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't start my day before 11. I'm like, fuck you all. It's good to be me. <laughs> like I said, it wouldn't have been bad except we had just got done working out for like two hours, eight hours before that. <laughs> well, shit, when he told me about it and he said 5.30, I laughed at him twice. <laughs> You know, because I thought, no way, I'm not waking up. Like, I go to bed at, like, 3. Yeah. Like, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock is, like, my good night time. Like, to wake up two hours, three hours later. I went to bed early last night. I put myself to bed at 12.30 because I was like, I got to be up early. And four hours later, that alarm clock went off, and I was yeah. like, fuck me. This yeah. is not human. Nobody I mean, needs a- to be up. The sun wasn't even up. Why would, Why are you up before the sun? Yeah. The fuck sense does that make? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but for a solid group of guys waking yeah. up that early, I mean, I had a good time. Didn't necessarily mm-hmm. know what to expect. Walked in there. We put in some hard work. That uh, was good. Definitely good definitely energy. props for their message and their uh, their message, their motivation, and what they're trying to do for themselves and build for leadership in the community. It's a, It was a very positive. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah. I was yeah, shocked. I, was totally... I couldn't believe it had such a military vibe to it. I knew it was a leadership group. And I expected that part. And I guess, you know, leadership and fitness, you should think military. I just did not. I was thinking it was going to be something completely different. Dude, and I'm telling you. When you said, okay, we're going to start the side straddle hop, I just was like, I'm retired. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> counted, I haven't counted in a four count in so long. I was like, for real? Dude, I haven't that, bear crawled end, on a football field yeah. since freshman year of high school. At like. the end when he was like, all right, let's do flutter kicks. And I was like, how about not? 
<laughs> you fucking done flutter kicks oh, in like they a let me minute. Call that one out, I'd have killed everybody out there. <laughs> oh my god, dude! So I, don't know. I survived. Like that's all I. I was. It was so cold. It's freezing. So cold. It was like what thirties on a football field. Yeah. Had to be twenty on the field because that wind was fucking kicking. Right. So cold. So I came up with this strategy, like like Sarge said. Right. We were we did fucking eight ten rounds last night. Four minute rounds. We. F- sparred for a straight hour and i was just yeah, after that i did, was coming out of jets for an i think hour. we did eight four minute rounds and we had like three or four free flow rounds after that because it was all drills and then we did sparring open sparring at the end so we had a good work last night so we didn't get out of the gym until 10 10 oh no i guess 9 9 30 yeah yeah and then i get home it's 10 30 11 o'clock by the time i'm even done eating like by the time i get settled in right yeah. and i'm turning around waking up and going back out we're bear crawling a fucking football field at 5 a.m like a <laughs> so I was like, I came up with a strategy. I was like, look, I'm going to get warm enough that I'm no longer cold, but I'm not going to sweat because there was no part of me that wanted to break a sweat this morning. And I was like, not going to happen. So I'm going to give enough effort to be almost warmed up and then I'm going to shut it down. And then I did. And then I look over and Professor's killing himself. <laughs> Fucking I mean, if I'm crushing do, it. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, and. It was. That's the difference between me and you. <laughs> no, I'm. I, I feel. I, de- I, de- I definitely feel that. Like I said, I was. I just kept. All right, I gotta go meet him in half hour for another hour long workout, and I was like, my legs are hurting from making that kid kick me last night. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah, I'm not. It was. Uh, it was a good time though. Yeah, I'm not mad yeah. about it. No, no, it was definitely good. Like I said, good. A little more heads up would have been nice. <laughs> well, I think I, I, I could have gave you the heads up. You would have reevaluated the situation. I wouldn't have shown up. I wouldn't have shown up. He knows that. So he played he, the right. He, I mean, he, he, he played. He, he played his hand. He's like, and he no, won. it's cool. He we do like pot. a little light Look, workout, and then we have coffee. I'm. I'm just saying, this guy happens to be a salesman for a living. I got sold. Straight up sold. And you're here. That's right. It's coming around. He'll be all right. But, yeah, all in all, good. So good shout-out to the F3 guys. That was a good time. Uh, Don't know if you'll ever see me again at 5.30 in the morning, but I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. It was inspiring, to say the least. It's it's nice to know that our community leaders are actively seeking groups like that for Mm self-improvement. That, I think, is the best. that's very encouraging. That's the best encouragement that I got from that. It was like, look, Mm -hmm. all these people are somebodies, Mm -hmm. and they're all out there at 5.30 in the morning grinding, really working hard, putting themselves through things that they probably have not been through before, Mm -hmm. and and excelling and lifting each other up. And when they went and did that go-back, I was like, oh, look at this. Nobody gets left behind. They pulled everybody through. You know, there's a lot of good stuff there that I, I took from that. And I thought, you know, respect. Mm-hmm. Well, that was kind w- of a re- much better event than I was anticipating. It's kind of the reason we started this. Because we kicked around a lot of names when we did this. And I liked the Iron Sharpens Iron or Rising Tide. Oh, like, it's all yeah. about improve, helping helping each other improve, helping ourselves improve. Yeah. What does F3 stand for? Do uh, I don't know. I have no idea, man. Right. No idea. But they had like a code of I conduct. Didn't, uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they, had a, they definitely had a mission We got this new invention. We got this new invention called the internet, though. Check this out. F3. See what it's all about. Uh, fitness, fellowship, and faith. See, I knew that was a religious group. We got oh, okay. Out to you. I kind of had a heads up with that. Well, no. they did specify like they're not uh, any one specific religion, mm-hmm. and and that's in line uh, with what you're free believe. to practice whatever religion, and that's 
pretty awesome, you know, and for to see that a lot of you could tell that they're you know there were definitely there were professional leaders in the community who not on a small level like well and it's in line with everything yeah. that we believe i mean how often have we talked about faith right yeah. Yeah. even though i'm a spiritualist and i believe in manifestation and not prayer i still have a ton of faith right yeah, and absolutely. so that's a that's a that is a cornerstone of my belief mm -hmm. system so i'm not going to I'm not going to crap on anybody that's practicing faith, faith for, anyway, for yeah. personal improvement. I don't care what they what they believe in. You know, my only issue is when people try to force their beliefs on me, and, and that's when I'm like, no, I can't do that because mm -hmm. I can't do that to you, right? I can't prove what I believe, right? There's some things I can, but most of it is just at some point it becomes all theoretical. Right. And then you find the theory that best matches your belief system or what mm -hmm. you wanted to uh, attach to, and then you use that as a uh, – as a guide or a waypoint for your life, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that as long as you do that, you can find good personal improvement. So yeah, mad respect for those guys. So mm -hmm. good yeah, shout out good to work. you. Thank you, DR Mayor, for inviting us out there. Yeah, that was a good time. And for the and I can and for the whistle pick, right? Yeah. Woo, that was amazing. So we're definitely enjoying some of that. But uh, so before we get too far into today's episode, we need to introduce our episode sponsor. Oh, Our yeah. episode sponsor is Malevolent Art Tattoo Studio out of Barnhart, Missouri. Our man Anthony Ferguson is over there, and I really encourage everybody to uh, reach out and talk to him. If you guys are looking for a tattoo and you just want to find a good artist who's got great customer service skills, he's going to work with you, he's going to be personable, he's going to look at your designs, he's going to draw it up, he's going to make sure that you're happy with the tattoo that you're getting, the one that's going to last for life, as you should be. And he's going to put it together and make sure that it lasts. Uh, he does excellent art. He's a great line work, great shading, great illustrated artist. He really encourage you guys to go to Instagram, check out his uh, portfolio. I'll make sure to put a link of that in the description. But for anybody that is interested in getting a tattoo, reach out to Malevolent Art in Barnhart, Missouri. Make sure that you mention the Stoned Apes. I have contact information again in the description for the episode. Reach out to him and mention the Stoned Apes and you will get 20% off. And that is a hell of a deal. And it's a I, very good deal. And now I know it's not ready. But I've heard rumor that there's a stoned apes tattoo coming. Oh. That ought to be interesting. Yeah. So he said he's going to design a custom stoned apes logo for his shop. He said you were getting it on your lower back. I'm not 100% sure yet. We'll have to figure that out. I don't know. He's going to get the stamp of approval. <laughs> the stamp of approval. I am, I am getting several tattoos from Anthony in the next couple of weeks. So that's, that'll he be cool. He might just throw it in there. He might just know. throw it in there. Who knows? <laughs> I, I'm going to walk in there and just end up with something. But uh, yeah, no, man. Uh, it, it ought to be interesting. I'm curious to see what design he comes up with. He said he's been working on some designs. And uh, yeah, and that'll be available only to Stone Dates subscribers or members. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so you're going to have to be a fan of the Stone Apes. And if you go down there, you can get hooked up with the tattoo. So Speaking I don't know the awesome. details, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be exciting. Some Speaking tattoos. of fans, man, that was uh, pretty cool. When uh, Smoke went home, he was telling us his uh, daughter's TA who speaks at conferences. I think the guy's name, Jeff Wells, uh, does a lot of stuff with um, – I'll, I'll have to look it up. He, um, he had some interesting topics. Uh, shout out. If you're listening, uh, Jeff, we, we're interested in talking to you. We heard kind of what you're studying. You're going to be doing a talk in New Mexico in April. We're, we're definitely interested. In was maybe, that the guy that was studying, like, death? It, it was uh, 
I'll have to look up exactly what. Hey, I remember you telling me, and it was something really interesting. Yeah, we it it. Uh, I wanted to watch his lecture series. He's going to have it posted on online, right? I think so. I know he's at the University of Southern Mississippi because that's where. Uh, yeah, Jeff, if you're out there, Jeff, you need to contact me. One, I don't know who you are. Like, apparently, you've been following us since day one, and I am most interested to figure out like how we don't know you and how you found us, day one. Because that would be an interesting story, but mostly I'm interested in like what you study. He's I have his uh, what he's studying right now. It looks like uh, his recent activity of study is moral management, duty and ideals, the demise of art, perceptions of AI generated art, and chastising morals. Oh, that's so, amazing! Oh, that's right be... up my lane of research because yeah. I yeah I do a lot of the AI research with the fourth industrial revolution. Right. So I'd like to kind of talk to him what he thinks about AI art and integrations because there's a lot of like really neat human resource stuff that comes along with that when they deal with like rights with AIs and you know what are worker rights and are we allowed to fire them and you know what what protections do they have underneath the system and, and AI. How, yeah, and oh and you yeah, and I, this is you a and big I, thing. That was me and you talking about that. Well, yeah, after. this is a big thing. And so the the one thing that they're really interested in dealing with is what happens when there's conflict between an AI and a human worker, right? So you have a non-human worker and a human worker who have a conflict. How do you resolve that? What rights does the AI have to do their job versus the human? And so, yeah, this is a big hot topic in the world of HR. So as an organizational <laughs> management, which is my field, um, that's something I'd love to talk to the guy about. That's yeah. crazy. Could be interesting for sure. 100%. And I think we're going to have uh, potentially, it sounds like in a couple weeks, some young grunts on the podcast. Just got done doing a tour in Korea. Yeah. That so ought to that, be interesting. That'll be interesting. I'm probably going to give them PTSD now, were they? ahead of time. <laughs> probably will. Now, were they active duty or National Guard? Do you know? I don't know. I th I'm guessing from what uh, the captain said that they're active. It sounds like they did a a Korea tour. Um, I think that's a like a, like it's a, a one station. Year. It's not. It's a, a one. It's a one year tour. I um, think you can do two if you have family. You can extend. You can take your family. Yes, you can. You can. You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can oh. take your family for two years, or you can extend. It's typically a one year stint, if it's what I'm thinking it is. Um, but it'd be interesting talking to some young bucks coming up in the force. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Even. It'll be a good time. I just want to bust their balls. I'll be 100% honest with you. That's all I'm here for. <laughs> I just want to see. Brain them in. Right. Brain them in. Yeah. We'll take them to the gym, make them train. What's going It'll on versus your perspective of what's going on. Like, how, yeah. like your yours versus theirs experiences oh, yeah. is going to be, you know. Yeah, it's generational. Well, we're old as fuck. Like, people need to realize that, right? Like, <laughs> I when I talk about the Army, we're talking like 20 years ago. Okay. Like, I went in a minute ago. Well, even as what fast did you as. Sign? 99 99 i was nine years old i came yeah, in i, I came in and i came in in june of 98 and then yeah. i got out for about a year and a half and then i came back in and then i retired in 2019 so it, it'll be interesting to see you know generational shifts and stuff that happens so i'm looking forward to that conversation for sure Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting to see what's changed, see their perspective. I'd like to see their spirit to core, like what their morale's like, how they feel about their job. That'd be important because I know when I was in the military, I hated it. But when I came back from Iraq, I fell in love. Yeah, with but it. are you even allowed to talk about you hating it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Sure, they can. We'll give. Them I'm some, sure. We'll give them some anonymity on here too. Mm -hmm. We'll hide them. Yeah. They'll be all incognito. Yeah. So <laughs> that brings me to a subject I want to talk about today. 
We've had a big week. Can I can I rant for a minute? It's been like a big weekend. Can and I half. be all can yeah. I be all pissed off and like just rant for a minute? Go ahead. All right. So you know what I'm going to talk about. Yep. Talk oh, about yeah. fucking reputation, right? Look, that's a big theme on this podcast that we've talked about several times, and and one that I've struggled with, and and I want to start this off by talking about reputation first. I understand that you know we live in a world and where public persona is what it is, but. We all have to live with our reputations, and our reputations are formed by our behaviors. And one thing that I had to come to terms with a few years ago in my own life is the reputation that you have, you probably deserve it, good or bad. And you can't really go anywhere from there until you own that. You have to own, like, hey, you know, that's a shit. There's some people out there that hate the reverend. Like, that's just where it is. And they have every reason to. At that moment in my life, at those interactions and those times, I was 100% wrong, right? right? So I am the person that owns that reputation. And that's important going forward because keep that in perspective, right? I have to maintain that reputation. I think that's what's important with how we do our lives, right? You know, we all have professional lives, Mm -hmm. and we all have certain P's and Q's that we have to mind. I mean, that's just life. Everybody knows that. But we're still authentic, Nobody is going to walk into a room with me, business owner or not, and not understand what they're dealing with. (laughs) It's going to be pretty evident, right? I'm going to wear my personality as much as I can to be as authentic as I can be within the confines of a professional environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that it goes all the way out to where we get into, like, what we do as a job and, and how we're perceived as instructors at the school, things of that nature, right? People are constantly looking at us. And they're looking at us and they're looking at our words and what we say. You know, whether we're on a podcast, we're out here, we're talking, whether we're meeting people, we're in our businesses and we're talking to employees, right? We're in mentor roles. Then we go to the gym, we serve more mentor roles and we're in front of people all the fucking time, right? Mm-hmm. Words only go so far, gentlemen. Yep. At yep. some point, you can talk a big game and you can be Mr. Humble and you can be all this bullshit. But at the end of the day, your actions are going to speak louder than any words. And... I understand the trap of, of that people could get into, and I realize that I'm not uber famous yet. But, <laughs> just saying, I'm going to manifest that shit. But, I've had enough success in my life that I understand the pitfalls of getting caught in your own accolades. Right? Mm-hmm. You can get caught up in your own achievements, and you can really start to think that you are maybe better than the fellow man. And you can start to get that chest puffed up a little bit, right? And then especially in the world of fighting, and I think even in business, once you get to the top of the mountain, everybody that's climbed the mountain, once you get to the top of the mountain, you get afraid of coming off the mountain, and that fear sets in. And then what do you do? The people that fall off the mountain, they stop challenging themselves. We talked about that the other night. What is our biggest frustration right now in in our personal journey is neither one of us are in a space to where we can really dedicate to our training. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting any better. You're not getting any better. But we're getting other people better. We're at a different stage in our career where we're helping others achieve what they want, right? Right. And then our time will come. Once we prepare them and we make them killers, and then we'll have the opportunity to get better. And that's how we grow our community. And um, But when you're at that level, you get to a point where you don't want to challenge yourself anymore. And then I think that's the dangerous space because you're already so good. And then you're not challenging yourself. You're not putting yourself in the room with people that are as good as you. Yeah. And then you or get this, in, yeah, or better. And then you get this inflated sense of 
yourself that isn't real. Right. And then you start to sell that to other people. Yeah. Right. Because you believe it. Mm -hmm. And it comes off so arrogant down the road. Once you once you watch somebody who may have been on the path mm -hmm. and then you watch them fall off the path. And that's hard to do. I think it's important to not cross contaminate success. So my first instructor, you know, I was a young buck running a school, having grown professional people call me sir. And uh I feel like for my age and where I was at, I did a fairly good job of not of showing humility, but I wasn't feeling humility, uh, which mm -hmm. a lot of people could probably say, no, I didn't. But um, he said to me, he goes, hey, yes, you may be a black belt and a head instructor at this school. He goes, but I want you to remember this 40-year-old guy who just walked in is a math teacher at a university and he's a black belt at driving and he's a black belt at being a father and he's a uh, black belt at you know name whatever his bills name whatever, whatever facet like, of life and the the thing is 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 uh look we all have strengths and weaknesses mm. you, right you know what i mean it's like when you and I were in the range a long time ago and you did good and I was like, hey, I'm going to give you a stripe on your gun belt. And we laughed about it because it's a different, it's just a different thing, you know? Um, yeah, and, what do you have reps in? What do I have reps in? Well, and it's like, look, I have strengths at this, but there's plenty of stuff I'm absolutely terrible about. And, and to be truly humble and realize, okay, I'm proficient in this and this is my chosen... Uh, pursuit that's fine and just because you're given accolades and people praise you in that pursuit and you're looked up to don't get it twisted there's a plen there's plenty of people who are way better at you at an infinite infinite amount of th other things 100 percent um, all the time uh and i think a lot of people lose that because they're receiving praise and uh ego building right all the time and they can't sit back and say, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm bad at this and yeah. I'm bad at this. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's like the Instagram model, but in real life. They're just putting their best foot forward all the time and they're getting in front of people and they're put in public spaces and they're putting that best foot forward and they somehow adopt that as being them. Mm -hmm. And then they forget that like personal development behind that is also important. And that feeds in perfectly to like me and a. Uh, me and Ethan have had a lot of heart of hearts lately, right? He's going through that stage in life where he's doing a lot of development and like things are going, um, he's got a lot of learning curves going on. Right. And one of the things that I talked to him about is, you know, you have to be ready as a person, you know, all the school and everybody's telling you, what do you want to do for a career and how do you want to go and what do you want to be and what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And I asked him a simple question. I said, what type of person do you want to be when you grow up? What type of human do you want to be? Mm -hmm. Because that's the most important part. I said, right now, you don't need to be worried about what you're going to do for a career. You need to be worried about, like, how to develop yourself to manage stress, <clears throat> to develop good skills, to be able to adapt to external stresses and environmental changes. Can you imagine skills. if your dad said that to you? Yeah, right? I wish. <laughs> like, I wish the? he would have. But I told him, it's like, prepare. And, then, and thankfully, later that day, 
you know, because the 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 point of that conversation was, it's more important to be the person that you need to be to hold the title than it is to hold the title and not be the person that you need to be. And later that day, we met a gentleman that happened to be in that situation. Um, he rose to success. He's a very influential individual, and he, he's in an inner circle, right? And then um, it's pretty obvious, you know, his behavior started getting really erratic. All of a sudden, people start getting worried about him. It's like an intervention type thing. Yeah. And um, as soon as I see the situation, I recognize it. And I, oh, my goodness. Here's this guy. He's really good at his job. He does what he does very well. He's probably super successful. But he doesn't know how to deal with the new responsibilities because now he's got this political side of the job and he's got the work side of the job. And now he's got he's got all these interpersonal skills and things that he doesn't he probably doesn't know how to manage his stress. And the next thing you know, he implodes behind the scenes and then everybody goes, oh, what happened to him? Why is he having this breakdown? What's going on? Right. And uh, so I my son seen this. So he was a witness to this as it was coming down. And I used that as an example when we were on the ride home. I said, that's exactly what I was talking about. That guy went out there. He got all the degrees. He got the education. He went through it. He's obviously good at his job or he wouldn't have made it to where he made it. But what he never did is work on him. He never prepared himself for that position. Mm -hmm. So when he got the position, he's ultimately going to lose it. He's going to end his entire career because of his inability to manage himself, not his job or his career. Well, I wish society so there's something a long time ago in the army and i i thought it was really corny when i heard it but it was the total total soldier concept and it was had my picture you need yes absolutely <clears throat> fair um, i thought so um you needed to be a well-rounded human essentially was the premise right like you spiritual growth mental growth physical growth like every everything we kind of already talk about um but they sort of uh put it in doctrine mm-hmm. and being retired now away from those communities and kind of seeing stuff it's like why isn't that the focus of our education you know um because i feel like if you because if self-control you, causes you to think. Right, I mean, if you yeah. start thinking, you can't... Well, but think about it. If you, were, if you were to just promote those principles instead of an individual focus on a discipline or career field or whatever, but if you were to promote those principles, people are going to succeed in those things. It's going to be a natural progression because they have... It's like building a good foundation on a house. Well, guess what? Maybe you have the best roof roof on the house you could ever have. Uh, but guess what? If you don't have a good foundation, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm the best plumber there is, blah, blah, blah. The plumbing in my house, well, that's great. Your foundation sucks. Mm-hmm. So right. if you just focused on that, the consequences of somebody focusing on being able to build a strong foundation and focus on the fundamental things that are important when they go to go into those other disciplines they're going it's going to cross pollinate right they're going to be able to grow that way mm-hmm. you know um 
and it's just crazy to me that, that that that's not the focus of education, which it should be, but that's more on a family basis where that pride. But I just can't believe it's not more common knowledge. You know, here I, I've said that several times on the podcast. You know, I'm in my mid for early forties, right, and I'm just now developing these life skills. And and what are these life skills for the audience, right? These life skills are the ability to manage anxiety and stress, to control my fight or flight response to certain situations, to use mental models and, and other tools um, to stop fight or flight response, to mitigate anxiety, to manage stress, to l- things that will allow me to sit and process my emotions and reset neural pathways and triggers, things that will allow me to develop and grow as a human, right? Access to information. So... I wish when I could go back to like where my son's at, that this is the type of stuff that I want to teach my son right now. Like when everybody asks me like, what's important? This is the only thing I care about. Mm-hmm. If he has all of those skills, like, like Sarge was saying, if he has all of those skills, when he goes out into the world, he can do whatever he wants to do. He will be the person that can do whatever it is that comes his way. He's ready. What more could you ask for? Anybody can learn a skill. Mm-hmm. I said that for years at, at, work, at my work, right? When I hired people in, I, I used to always hire workers. Mm-hmm. And I'd tell them, I said, I can train anyone to do a job, but I cannot teach you to be a good worker. You either got it or you don't. And the sad thing is, and that was about 10, 12 years ago when that was a, a big theme in my life, when I was still doing front room management. And uh, the workers that come in today... They're getting less and less and less and less. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a a trend in society that is starting to really worry me, because the quality of the worker that comes through the door, uh, compared to ten years ago, is is terrible. Well, you know what I think is the fix, because I've literally witnessed it on a very positive way and on when. It's the opposite of what it should be, but servant leadership. Um, there's a reason in corporate America you'll see them bring in guys like Jocko Willink and some of his guys or Gen- General McChrystal for, to come in and do leadership programs for corporate staff. And they come in and they may make them do some exercise and have a buzzword. And some of these guys get motivated. I'm sure it is very uh, life-changing for some of these corporate people. But as an institution, it needs to be built at the ground up. The idea that it is a that it's servant leadership, that it is truly, yes, I'm in charge, but I'm here for you ultimately. I, I think that development and that paradigm shift is fundamental to success of any organization it doesn't matter what it is be that way at the gym i don't care if you're the manager at applebee's you can tell the culture of an organization by one key leader be it positive or toxic it does not matter you can tell one person can come or go and you can see a complete organizational shift and sometimes for the good or the bad that can influence lives for the rest of their life. One person will make or break a company. Right. One person. One person will make or break a life. 
That's the reality of it. That's why we protect culture so strongly. At the gym, I protect mm -hmm. culture at my work. Like, I care so much more about who you are as a person than I care about what you can do. Because Absolutely. That, yeah. that means more to me. I've had bad employees. I had a bad manager that because of public perception and, and how they were able to act and cover their, their tracks, so to speak, was able to get along with being a bad manager for quite some time before eventually the evidence speaks for itself. You know, eventually it'll get too big and then it becomes obvious that there's problems, right? And you can't hide it anymore. And then people will see you out. And unfortunately for me, it took a little while and it, it hurt the business, but it's one person. I replaced that person and in one year, it seemed like a 30% snapback coming through that same office. It, no other changes. No other changes. Just changed one person. Well, and that's mm -hmm. why I say foundation is important, but it takes the at the at the center point of all of it is the individual because i can teach principles of organizational leadership i can teach principles of being a servant leader i can teach all those things i can tell you what they're supposed to be but if you don't have uh internal buy-in and you're not having that monologue and you don't uh truly make it part of who you are then it's all bullshit. Agreed. And you can throw that shit out there and try to paint that picture of that being you, but the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. That your people, you may be able to talk a good game, and it may look okay to everybody from the outside or from your bosses or from whatever, but the the little things you do, you know, anything you're do, you're going to do, you should try to do right. Agreed. Or to the best of your ability. And and that is... Well, that's something I've been trying to teach my kids lately that I that has really been lost in society is... Remember when we used to have uh, pride in our work, right? I don't know if it was like you. When I was a kid, it's like my dad told me, if I took out the trash, you better take it out right. Because if somebody comes back later and they see that you took out the trash and it wasn't done right, they're going to know whose name's on that. And you need to take pride in that. So I started taking pride in everything that I did, right? Whether it would be schoolwork, sports, athletics, you know, doesn't matter. Whatever pursuit I was in, I was going to put my name on it. What is one of the first things they teach you in basic training? Oh, Lord, you're going to test me on something I don't remember? Think. Mm-mm-mm. Were you talking about the values? No. No? First day there, you're issued linen. What is the first thing they're teaching you in basic training? Here's your linen. After they're smoking the dog shit out of you, shark tanking you, what's one of the first things they teach you? Here's all this linen. Here's this blanket. Here's this shit. Make your bed. Fair. Here's how you make it. Here's the standard. You better be able to bounce a quarter off this thing because it's the standard. Take pride in this. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning that you can take pride in? That's an act of discipline, making your bed. I, I heard a general, I think it was McChrystal talked about it in a, a TEDx or something. Make your bed. The smallest acts, and I'm not perfect about it anymore. There's a time in my life when I was, uh, but the smallest little things, you know, it's not about like uh, doing your dishes or, or whatever. One, it declutters your life, but two, the sense of accomplishment or those little things add up.
But eventually those little things have momentum and the success for you individually is uh, incremental, but where that bleeds over into the rest of your life matters too, because it's fundamental to character development. Agreed. At least in my view. That was well said. You're very poetic today. It's a cigar, I guess. I it's know. a good cigar, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> this sweet Jane is... Yeah. See, I'm smoking the regular weed. I don't have anything special today. <laughs> no, I like this Deadwood Tobacco Company. I really do. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Deadwood mm-hmm. Tobacco. I got hooked on them a while back. They had the Fat Bottom Bettys. And then uh, I discovered them. the first them. one you gave me. Yeah, I discovered them originally through Sweet Jane's because uh, they had little cigarellos. Yep. And um, I wanted something because uh, sticks are expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted something that I could smoke a little more regularly that didn't like break the bank. And, yeah. and those weren't bad. For a cigarello, that was a decent purchase. So I stuck with them, and then I discovered they had larger cigars, and that's when I discovered the Fat Bottom Betty. Then I tried the larger version of the Sweet Jane, and it just didn't do it for me. That's what this is. Yeah, they have the uh, they have the leather rose. Have you had the leather rose yet? Yeah, yeah and I and that's I like had a darker the, one. I had the Alice a uh, couple of podcasts ago. I was doing that one. Oh, the Crazy Alice. Yep. Yeah, that's one of my yep. favorites. I like that because it's a small cigar. So it's about a 30, 40-minute smoke. So it's something you can do relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. You get some of those larger cigars, man. Sometimes it's like, whew, you're in it for an hour, hour 15. It's it's a moment. This is a commitment. Me, me and you, what, what cigars were we smoking that day when we went down to Four Brothers? And uh, we had a two-hour conversation. Oh, my God. And was just putting out the cigars before we were leaving. And uh, those are those Monte Cristos, weren't they? No, 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 no. Those are those uh, Paradomo specials that I got in. Yep. Yeah, I've got time for that. Well, we we <laughs> there do. was two bottles. <laughs> there were two bottles of mead that got knocked out that day. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, no, and, was, and then I went down to fighter training and sparred with a bunch. Of yeah, people. he was like, "Are you still? You're not coming today?" I'm like, "Dude, I got to get home and make dinner." He goes, "Well, I got to go get these fighters ready." <laughs> I was like, "Have fun." Uh, that's some OG shit. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I, I was going to the gym and I was like, "Oh man." I was like, I'm a little too buzzed for this, I think. All right, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's fine. It'll we'll work figure out. it out. Yeah, and we did. It was yeah. all good. I'm still here. They're yeah, still they here. They didn't die. They didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And, and I, you know, the outcome of your life really does depend on the quality of your person. That's the most important thing. And I wish more people understood that. I wish I would have understood that a lot earlier in life. I'd be a lot further ahead than where I am today. You know, it, there there was a lot of time spent serving the wrong God, so to speak. And it didn't get me anywhere. Yeah. You know, when I stopped, when I stopped the pursuit of money and all this worldly success, and I started just caring about people, everything changed. Seek happiness and success will follow. Right. Yeah, it should be a, it should be a byproduct of a life well lived, not the goal. Well, I noticed it, it was a big. Worked with some clients this week, and I've had a hell of a work week. I have been so busy this week. Just one of those weeks where it's like one job to the next to the next to the next. And well, you've seen it last night. I'm pulling up ten minutes before Muay Thai. I'm still in my work clothes. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, changing as I'm going right. And um, that's how my whole week has been. And uh, I made a lot of appointments this week that in the past I wouldn't have made. 
I would have prioritized my time over the appointments and went, I will, I'll do that at some other time. But I've had such a shift just in the last year or so of my life to where I've really taken, I've grabbed the flag for making it about everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so when I was faced with those same situations, it wasn't about where was my time. It was, I know this meant something to those people and I needed to go do that for them, right? My services meant something and I had to fulfill that. They're counting on me. And I thought, man, not only did it make me more productive, but when I look at the quality of the touch points that I made this week, they were so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, and could have had the same week two years ago, a completely different outcome. Same people involved, same places, same things. A lot of these clients I've had for many, many years. But the difference in the service between now and then is night and day. Right. The experience has completely changed. Well, and it's... Uh... I think a lot of people duel with or it's misunderstood when people say, you know, you got to do things to take care of yourself. And that's all that is true. You need you need self maintenance. You need self to help with self regulation and all those self care. Self care. It is mm. um, breach. But. Your word matters, too. I'm all I'm all about not over promising and under delivering. If you're say you're, if you're say, don't speak, be more thoughtful in your speech because it's going to affect your actions or lack thereof. Well, I'll tell you what, and I got to give you props for that because you've been influential in snapping me out of that in my life. You know, when uh, we all have imposter syndrome and we all have things and sometimes our imposter syndrome is because there's probably a little bit of truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. And I definitely was being guilty of over-promising and under-delivering. And I knew that. Like, in the back of my mind, I kind of had that already in there, right? And then I meet Sam, or, and, and he just always, don't over-promise, don't under-deliver. But then you watch him. And that was the part. It wasn't his words. It was watching him. It's like, if there was anybody that I could count on, it was him. Mm-hmm. I could, by the minute, I knew. 10 a.m. was 10 a.m., Right. right to the point where I'd push myself to get there early just because I got tired of him beating me. Like I'd show up thirty minutes early and he'd still he'd already be there. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> the fuck do you live here? <laughs> you know. And but his consistency in action mm-hmm. was the witness that I needed. I've heard the I've heard the message, but then you don't well you don't watch anybody else live up to it either. Well, and so you give yourself a pass. You know, like, well, I'm doing good enough. Look, I'm doing just like they are. Yeah. Yeah, And then you see somebody who actually embodies what they say. Oh, man, that's a completely different experience. You'll follow that guy. Look at it. If you look at your children or if you look at students or you look at peers, um, like there's young guys at the gym, you know, young bucks who are up and coming with a lot of potential, whatever. Uh, I'm hurting bad today. Right, like my knee, because I was making Drew, like I was walking him down, bullying him last night. I've seen that. I felt kind of bad for him for a minute. Um, he every time it would Only ring. For a well, we we de- I'd be on the defensive round, and then the bell would go, and he goes, "Oh fuck me!" He'd be <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" But I was like, "Kick me! You can hit me. I'm not gonna break. I wasn't worried about getting hurt." But the point is, even with the younger guys and stuff. Keep putting in work, and I'm I'm here to uh, 
I may never have the potential because of the time of my life of what I'm doing is being as good as their potential right now. But look at the work and the consistency because of anything, being consistent is probably the most important thing. Just showing up is probably the hardest, but the most important part. Well, it's like we talk about, right? It's not it. It's not who's good. It's who's left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be the person who's left. Right. If you're hurt, show up. You don't have to. You have to self-regulate. You have to pick what you do. But that's anything in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be consistent. But you got to still be here. And be true. You know? Be true to yourself and be true to what you say. Because if you mm-hmm. say it and you you mean it in the moment. You know, you know what I mean? Like right. it, it, it's, it's important and it should be fundamental to who you are because it's going to shape the development of your character and others outlook on you. Be who you say you are. Right. Yeah. It's hard to disagree with any of that, <laughs> but I'll tell you what you reminded me when you were talking there, you were talking about commitment. You know, I just had this conversation. I was given a private lesson uh, earlier this week and, um, the individual that I was working with, he was having a hard time hitting me, right? And everybody has this problem when they get in, they first start striking, especially when they're new. Your, your first couple of times sparring, it really is a, a thing to, like, get over, like, hitting someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, making that physical contact. Like, everybody always pulls back, and they don't want to, like, commit to it. And so I'm talking to him. You know, we're just we're talking about striking and leverage and, and force and, you know, how you have to just commit you know, that's the real secret is you just have to commit to throwing it. And, and you know, I demonstrate a couple of things and he's like, oh, you just kind of like go in there. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you just got to like go for it. Yeah. You just have to commit and be willing to achieve that and then let yourself go into that space without hesitation. And when you do that, the opportunity presents itself and it's like, oh, there it is. Have you ever read about? I think sport? I know who you're talking about. And I had to say the same thing about jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you like, ever? Just, you could be in strong. Like, yeah, treat be, me as such. Yeah, yeah. be a monster. You know, come man. at me. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever read about how samurai duels would play out? Mm-mm. So everybody has this mental image because of Hollywood and everything else about these big, mm-hmm. long clashes with swords and uh, and stuff like that. And um, if you read the Book of Five Rings or you read about Miyamoto Musashi, who is like the greatest samurai, greatest swordsman, arguably, who ever lived, he got so good at beating people in duels, he quit using a real sword and he used a boken, which is a wooden sword. And his greatest competitor was out on an island. They challenged each other to a duel, and he rode overnight, and he took his time. He was late to the duel intentionally to fluster the guy. He carved an oar into a boken on the way there. He jumped out of the water, threw, like, threw a, a stick down at the guy's feet, and then cracked him in the skull and killed him. Most samurai duels, because of the commitment to one perfect strike, there was one pass, maybe. A lot of times, both of them died because they were so committed to delivering the one perfect strike. The Hollywood long interplay of swords and all that other stuff, it didn't happen. They were going in for the kill. I want one perfect committed strike. I don't care. They were so committed to it with the understanding of death that in their helmets, they would put potpourri in their helmets so it didn't stink when their head was cut off. 
And there's something to that, at least on a level of commitment, right? Uh, and I think that's kind of the point you're making, right? Yeah, you don't want to always commit to one big shot, but the idea is the fear of death or getting hit or whatever has to go away to progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to. You get submitted, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Right. Try the move, which I think is why, like for me, it's easier to roll with upper belt people a little bit because I'll throw stuff and mm-hmm. do some the wazoo best, stuff. The best I've ever been at jiu-jitsu is against people that I should not beat. That I should have no business being throwing some crazy fly-in jiu-jitsu moves at people. But it's because there is the... It doesn't matter. They're going to crush me anyway. I have the expectation of death. <laughs> I have the expectation and you of want, death. And you want a noble death. <laughs> yeah, and I want them to know <laughs> that they had to work for it, at least. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it took it. It took a, it took something. You know. Well, that the back idea. step leg lock mm. entry two weeks ago <laughs> from half guard, you were like, oh shit. <laughs> you took my back and we fought for a minute, but I, you were like, I was slick. I'm like, yeah, I'm still tapping out. But. <laughs> I mean, but it was a good shot. You right? know, like no, it was a good commitment. It was right. good. Like I just beat the timing, but the commitment was what was needed. That's the only way you're going to get something like that. Right. Is full on. Fuck it. You know, well, and that's, like, the, that's the key developmentally. Now I do that all the time because I don't care about a tap. But it's helped me exponentially. You said something to me probably a year ago. You're like, don't be worried about that. I want you to go for this. Because you're like, your your bottom game is really good. Like, do all that with your top game. Like, don't be clunky. Don't be where you can muscle people and leverage things and this, that, and the other. Now just go for it. It's like, all right, what happened? What's the worst case usually? Most of the time, I end up on the bottom. Well, I'm already, oh, no. <laughs> I'm already good there, right? And then, you know, just doing other things. It's like anymore it doesn't even care. And that's where I think it's important because it becomes about the individual journey. The ego, the ego goes away in the journey of the development of self. Right. Well, this is, this is where you can kind of describe it like the making the bed, like the little goals or the little wins or the right. little positives is when you quit – caring about losing in the gym you start to be able to rewrite your wins versus like oh i got i went a whole round with coach and didn't get tapped and call that a win like come on man like maybe i was tired or maybe it was a different thing you know maybe i was letting you work maybe you were really hard to and i couldn't tap you that time you know that can be a totally true story but when you rewrite it versus that where you say, man, I got, I figured out how to get my elbow down from that, that arm bar I keep getting caught in. Like, I didn't get the, uh, the uh, 1200th time I got put in a head and arm choke, I defended and I got out. Right. Yeah. Those are the wins. Well, and like, so now I'm playing really tight on entry. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing out till I can hit a fast, you know, knee cut because I'm good at it. No, I'm right in there, and I'm finding all kinds of other stuff now. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's still 
more often than not, it's not that big a deal because you were like, dude, mm-hmm. say fuck it. You want to know why? Because I want to be dedicated to one perfect strike. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Did I die? Th- so what? Yeah. I pursued yeah. this thing. Yeah. And that's what's great about jujitsu. It's, it teaches you that interpersonal self journey of self improvement where you're working on specific individual things where you have a, a path that you want to take right. and you're saying, I'm going this direction and it gives you a tangible physical thing for you to work on in that ability, but that you can't do without a community. Right. Yeah. You know, we have to have True. these, these people next to us in their having to go through their very own introspective self journey on what they want, what they're looking for, where they want to get better, what their angle is all different specific adaptate adaptable moves between each other that we can bounce ideas off of. We can throw, say, Hey, no, there's a wall there. That's not going to work. Try again. Wait. And you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's emblematic when you look at like what, what, what people's motivations are of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, why are you, why are you there? You know what I mean? You, you do a good job because you're like, you don't care. You're, you're successful because of, you care more about just the making, making people better and you're already successful. And it's, I believe it's going to exponentially grow because you haven't put effort into most things people initially focus on, um, you know, on the business side of it. Because like I told you today, I'm like, well, from the martial arts marketing standpoint, which I do know, I'm like, well, you're kind of already hitting numbers without doing the things to get the numbers. So you extrapolate that down over time and it's like, damn, but it's because the motivation, if you're putting your literal best foot forward and operating in good faith and Mm -hmm. making measured responsible decisions in anything you do training business relationships if it's all done in good faith uh stars are gonna align i really believe that yeah Um, agreed so i think that's all about building the community and i mean if you invest into people and you whether you look at it for the martial arts world or the business world however you want Mm -hmm. but when a student comes in and I invest into that student. That student can tell whether I care or not. Yeah. He's going to know whether I care about his personal journey and or or her personal journey. They're going to know. And I'm my behavior is going to highlight that. Yeah. So when I do care, when I do invest into those people, then I'm going to get better because I'm going to grow my community and they're right. going to invest into me and right. then it becomes a then it becomes a, a a cyclical thing that we can rely on each other and, and grow and, and learn. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sometimes I can almost come to a, a point that you have to check yourself in a way. Like when I see somebody walk through the door, I don't see them as they are. I see them as a black belt. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, like there's, they can do it. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe anybody, anybody can do it well, because I've seen it happen. I've done it. If like, it's a true thing. If you can do, if anyone can do it, you can do it. I can, yeah. I see it. And so I see these people with all this potential and I'm so, I get so excited and I sometimes feel like I come off so strong of like, if you, you can just 
trust the process. Right. Just trust the process, and you're gonna you're gonna be amazing. I promise. Not by any like of my design, but because I know what the process is, and I've seen the the what it can do for your life for anybody's life right and all you have to do is show up for it put some effort in oh i think that's and, a, that's the hardest thing as a teacher and i've seen this both at mm -hmm. college and at the gym when you have somebody that comes in that is exceptional and you see their potential and i think there's something that i would like the the general audience to know and, and most people to be aware of um and this is uh, recently happened to somebody I know, so they actually got a little bit of firsthand experience with this. And when you're an educator or a teacher in any any right, the exceptional students or the people that stand out over time are far and few between. I've had a lot of numbers in my classrooms, and I don't I don't remember more than a handful. There was four or five of them that stood out that if you mentioned them by name or if I seen them, I could tell you I knew them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that trickles across society. Right. There are very few exceptional people. Right. And so when you get these people and they walk in the door and you're like, oh, gosh, you have potential and you get excited for them. And it's a terrible feeling when you watch those people walk away. Mm -hmm. You know, when you watch them lose that ability or to, lo to lose that drive or, yeah. or whatever it is. But it's like. The wasted potential sometimes is the saddest thing. Mm -hmm. And and it's hard to like, my opinion is only mine and my experience is only mine. So when I look at someone and I see their priority shift mm -hmm. and it's like, dude, you're 19. You don't like, why are you worrying about this right now? Right. Like, I promise you everything that you're wanting is going to happen. Well, it'll all happen. And so Just many of them quit because they don't get good quick enough. Yeah, I'm like, you're rushing it. Yeah. You're going too fast. It's like, trust the process. This yeah. takes time. Well, you know? it's the Michael Jordan thing I said a couple podcasts ago. I'm like, he, look at him. Mm -hmm. You know, he wouldn't even pick for the team. Then he ended up becoming a legend because he did work. He did the work. Right. You know what I mean? Keep showing up. Try right. hard. There's something about that natural ability that's certainly there, but that can be like a firework burning out quick. Well, you you can't get frustrated with your performance during the process, right? You oh have yes, you to, can. Well, you will. You can. Oh yes, you, you can. Will. You can get frustrated with it, but you can't let it. You can't let it be the what but makes you. You have you to quit. be patient with yourself. You have and to you be have patient. To, yeah, and you have to know that it's okay one to be new at something it's okay to not be good at something exactly think about when you start jujitsu you're i'm still the, not good at jujitsu you're <laughs> me either dude you're the nail <laughs> like, no you're the nail 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 and then all of a sudden one day you're like wait i i didn't tap that round and then you're the nail you're the nail and then all of a sudden you're like wait a second i just got a tap and you want to like go throw a party. Mm -hmm. You're like, yes, you know, this is awesome, whatever. And then eventually you don't even notice when the shift happens because you kind of quit caring. Right. You have to think back. You're like, wait a minute. And then you're like him. You're like the professor and you're like, I'm going to wrist lock you 17 times. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> like... <laughs> It, well, I'll tell and, you and, and, but it's, but it, it's, 
there's levels because somebody could do that to him. Yes, 100%. And they do. Right. Don't don't, they don't. Right. One of the greatest jujitsu stories I got is my own, and it has to do with uh, Maddox. So my youngest is uh, 14, started training jujitsu. And uh, some precursors to who he was at 14 at this point, you have a, a, a child that really does not want to lose and hates to lose and won't put himself in positions that require him to challenge himself where he might lose. So we start the jujitsu journey as a family and he comes along, right? And fast forward, it wasn't that long after that, maybe maybe less than a two months, I'd imagine. And, and I'm on the mat and we're rolling and the buzzer goes off and all of a sudden, I hear him scream and yell, and he jumps up, and he goes, yes, yes, I did it. And I look over, and the guy that he was rolling with looks like somebody just, like, beat his puppy to death, right? He is so demoralized. <laughs> his hands between his heads, and I'm thinking, like, oh, my goodness, did did he just tap him out? Like, this was a full-grown man, you know? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I was like, so I was like, what happened? And he goes, uh, he, he only tapped me out four times. And I was like okay and he goes he said he could do it five <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's about, it's like, about small victories what yeah. a turnaround was that and then it was that's when he got on fire and now he just throws himself it's like the biggest guy in the room he's like oh i bet you you'll murder me come here yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so exciting i might tap you and yeah. he's just on fire with it and it's seeing the development change in him and and how much it's helped him grow as a person that's you know. exciting. Yeah. I mean, and I have that, like those same little successes where I, I went back to Vegas and I rolled one of uh, the guys I was coaching with and he uh, he's a monster, monster at jujitsu. I can't touch him. And I almost took his back. <laughs> I like, I had his back for a solid 15 seconds and I'm in his ear and I'm like, you were a lot stronger last time. <laughs> I'm like, you slipping, bro. You're slipping. I had your back. Got him. What are you doing? Like, what's going on? And like, I, I won that day. Like, he's so good, he won't even talk shit to me. Like, I try so hard to get him to talk shit, and he goes, he just, he just shrugs at me, and he's like, okay, guy. Like, whatever you need to say. And, and I throw everything I can at him. And I can take his back for 15 seconds. Oh my God, I know that. And I'm walking so away well. like, you know, if I was wearing a <laughs> gi, I would have been ripping it off. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's silent car ride home. <laughs> that's <funny>. Staring <laughs> out the window, just questioning all that of your life I'm decisions. I'm not mentioning the like 15 times he tapped me during that roll. No, no, those don't you count. Know. No, those, those don't count. He, fucked, yeah. he slipped up. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> you remember that one time? <laughs> and next time I roll him and I do anything good, even if I do anything, like I don't do anything, I'm going to be like, hey, you remember last time when I took your back for a little bit? I'm Dude, going to remind him. I celebrate the smallest victories. Like the other day when I was like, I know he's going to try to hit this Dars. I'm like, fuck that. I'm wrestling up. Mm -hmm. And for a good minute, we were going. Yeah, you know, I just, and I was like, I really thought that Dars was going to come from there. You were like, no, nah, you had that one, like... You had I, the shoulder in, yeah. I had to switch it up. Like, it was uh, it was good, but it was like... And we started standing. Like, my hand fighting, that's my thing, because I don't want to get... Have a wrestler hit a blast double, so 
I just work on that. And you were like, yeah, no, fuck this. My knee hurts, and I'm not going to hit you with anything. So you just <laughs> sat down. And you're like, nope, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, but it's those little, the little victories, you know, the little things where you're like. I almost wrestled up, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> yeah, dude, right. I, know, I right. know it. Well, I think that was one of the best concepts in, that you had given me to learning. And I've adapted this strategy now to just about everything that I do. I've been using it at work a lot, and so I'm going to share that because I think it's a, it's productive there. But um, you really helped me get over the overwhelming learning process. When you broke it down and you said, no, you need to focus on this right now. Pick one thing. Pick two things. Just do that. Don't worry about the other 10 or 15 or 20 things that you're not doing. Just do two. Mm-hmm. And then when you get that, do two more. And then when you get that, do two more. And that changed how I taught. It changed how I started training and learning myself because it made me really think, you know, I don't know why I never thought about this. When you look at fighting, and like last night I had a new fighter sparring for the first time, and he was so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I had to really (laughs) calm him down and be like, it's impossible for you right now to take in all this. You're just not capable of doing it. We can't take in this many sensory perceptions. You have to realize that all of this is motor skills for me. I'm moving off reactions. I'm not thinking about any of this. And you'll get there. But Mm -hmm. it's one memorized technique at a time until it becomes motor skills, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that really helped him. And so I I use that strategy there. But I've been doing that in my personal life. I've been doing that in my my work life. I'll have problems at work that, you know, maybe have four or five fingers with them. And they're things that need to be addressed. And they're happening simultaneously. Right. But what I've changed is instead of trying to address all of them at one time, I just choose one or yeah. two, and I get that taken care yeah. of, and so then you, I move on. Do you yeah. remember me talking about Hicks Law a couple podcasts ago? Probably not. I was it's, high. It's the amount of the amount of options you. I I had to pull up the exact definition because I've referenced it a few. We shouldn't times. underplay how high I get during uh, this podcast. I don't. I don't like to. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so the, it's it's like when I talk about throwing a technique. If you don't tell people, turn your hand down and in. I want you to pull the other shoulder back. I want you to drive off this leg. I want you and you you give all these critiques. Kind of the point you're talking about. It's the same thing. I went to a law enforcement trainer course years and years ago. And they talked about, like, the more options you had on the belt. And Hicks Lock was something they brought up. And I'm going to read the actual uh, definition of it. It says, Hicks Law is a psychological principle which states that the time and effort it takes to make a decision increases logarithmically with the number and complexity of choices available. So the more things you have to focus on, basically, or the more options you have, the less effective and quick you'll be to access those things. So if it's like if you're trying to teach somebody an armbar and you're telling them all the minute details they can fix and you know and that's where the challenge comes as a trainer an instructor a mentor anything is f- figuring out the one most critical thing it's important for that person to focus on until they get that right maybe it's just pinching yeah. their knees together hey i don't want you to worry about anything else yeah just don't crush your pinch feet, your knee yeah or <laughs> yeah. pinch your knees together yeah. or on this punch Look, I just want you to worry about don't drop your hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You did that for me where you're like, just tighten your glute. Only focus on tightening that glute down when we're throwing that cross. Right. Right. And I was like, oh. Like, and that put a lot more power behind because I was just letting everything else go because I had gotten that part. Right. And you're like, 
this is the this is the last you know here's the next thing you, you got to connect get, it you know? to the ground but right, before yeah. that it was rotate the hip right and you're like focus on the rotation of the hip you know you're giving me those one little little things at a time where now i can put intention into those each of those little things yeah, one at a time that's what people don't understand you know to throw a correct punch mm -hmm. so, you know a jab there's five to seven steps to a jab <laughs> that's a lot to think yeah. about when you're doing it within a millisecond right. and they all happen at just a slightly different set in yes. time. And yeah. you know, it, that there is a lot that goes into that and it's, and it, you can't just mimic it and learn it unless you get lucky. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and I, well, I, and that happens. Every yeah. now and well, then. and I want to touch it like how I, um, Jackie, my wife has been very, uh, more proactive in helping me like work through the day and my schedule and things like that and things we need to get done. And she's, broken down our to-do list and we don't even we just it's all like it's not even in a list it's just written on this paper however she thinks about it and she just puts it on the paper somewhere she puts a little box next to it and it could be off angled whatever doesn't matter and then she blocks out the week and she's like i think we can do these four things today right and then if those don't happen or they do happen we check them off you know but we we're picking an entire list of to-dos, we give ourselves a four-day work week, and we're just picking three, four things. Right. Well, and at some point, it's, it's a process of triage, too. Right, yeah, a process of triage. We do triage. And then mm -hmm. within those things, when she says, hey, I need you to make this call list and call these fools, and then I need you to do, like, however, so I'm like, okay, let me put it on the, the people I've spoken to recently. Mm -hmm. I can do those. I can do those ones real quick yeah. because I can just—they're uh, already there, right. and then I can—I block that out step by step. There's a lot of power in lists in organization and being able to tactilely interact with something, right? right? Whether it be on your phone, you know, if you can make a checkable list or something like that. Yeah. But um, that's another good memorization technique that people don't use. So I carry around a little pocket thing that, uh, especially when I'm at work. A uh, little pocket notebook that I slip in my pocket. And then whenever I have thoughts or ideas during the day, I will immediately pull it out and I'll just scribble it down. Just done, right? And then it does two things. One, the act of writing it down helps reinforce it to my memory, yeah. so I'm more likely to remember it later. And then two, I have this little running checklist that I can constantly go back to, and then I right. get to cross things off and say, okay, well, I did this. And mm -hmm. then I can look back there and go, oh, that's what I was forgetting about, and I can reference it or whatever. So the power of list and organization, especially as the, mm -hmm. the more chaotic or the more complex your life becomes, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a really key tool. Yeah. And what's crazy, like it doesn't have to be – something so like i guess like how like i always pictured you had to be organized was like that nerd and like how they picture it in like movies or whatever you know the trapper keeper and the checklists and the whatever and like a flow chart a flow chart <laughs> and i'm very i like my notebooks or my things clean mm -hmm. but i put those down and i let jackie take care of it and how she does it like she has doodles and all this and it just like i can't do it like my notebooks won't look like that but hers <laughs> how she does it our level of progress has drastically increased yeah period I, like just us having a once a week meeting her saying this and then during the day here's these three I things have, i have know. a theory i'd like to add to that what's you that mind? I also think that you're more productive because you're doing it together. Absolutely, oh, yeah. and, I totally agree. And, I, and it isn't just a um, uh, well. I forget the concept. I shouldn't have lit this last joint. Well, hold on. But 
No, it uh, it isn't just because you're more productive because there's two people. I think that a couple needs alignment, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that uh, I've referred to in the past is like we always use the two ship example. Mm-hmm. And I realized I've been living most of my life in all of my relationships in two ships. And then if one ship just slightly changes course, you know, a half a degree, mm-hmm. by the time you get to the horizon, they can't see each other, right? And that's what happened in my last marriage. We were in two ships and then we just drifted. And so I've made shifts in my life to prioritize being it's ours. Mm -hmm. This is no longer my life. This is no longer your life. This is our life. Everything that we have, everything that we do is ours. And we're going to do it together. We're either in this boat together Mm -hmm. or we're not because I'm not going to be in two boats again. And that has increased uh, exponentially productivity. It's, It's added so much wealth to everything mm-hmm. that I do. And I've seen a lot, and I think that's spiritual too. Well, then it comes down again to making your bed. Right. Right? We both have these, accompli- we've made these little accomplishments together where it's not just like, I'm looking at the bed like, dang, I did that. It's Now it's a we did that. Right. Right. You know, I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without that support and vice versa. Yeah, how often do you hear couples sit there and they? this is a common theme that I see. It's one spouse will be jealous of the other spouse because they're living their life and the other one feels like they have to put theirs on hold, mm-hmm. right? Well, you don't have that if you're living our life, mm-hmm. right? If we're working together as a team, even if you're not the one that's out there in the working world, if you're the homemaker spouse, mm-hmm. you're part of that team. You're doing a very important job that's helping all of this go. And if you're that person that's going out there, you need to recognize that. You can't do this without that person, right? That's right. So those support positions, the Army wouldn't be what it was, what it is, if it didn't have a support role. It, abso- it absolutely matters. And there's a lot there. I could do probably four podcasts. Oh, that. absolutely. That's a whole um, thing. But jumping into having that support role, right, like – writing down your goals and having your your sitting down with your partner and saying like where are we going with this oh 100 what are we doing with this what is our idea are we just do we want to just maintain a so uh, just a regular quote-unquote life where we just go to work come here and live like i'm not saying that's wrong i'm just saying right. like if that's what you want and that's what you're happy you just want that family pick uh pick white picket fence life Every, if that's your goal, you guys, you just write it down and work for it. And and in my contract, every major decision, every idea that I feel worth following through goes through her first because we have to be aligned or we don't go that direction. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. Well, I can say that like kind of in the same way, but it's more in the I'm saying like, hey, I have this idea. I want to go this direction. What are your ideas? What do you think about it? It's not, I'm right. not saying like, are we doing like I have, I'm able, it's not, I'm able, it's, if I want to choose to go a direction, I'm like, Hey, I want to go this direction. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do that with my partner saying like, Hey, what do you think about this? Do you even think this is a good direction? Do you think this is whatever? And then take those points and those talking points and say like, is this a direction I do want to go? Is this in line, right? Is this because, but if it's a quote unquote, like somewhere I want to go and it's not necessarily, they would find a way to support, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or hope to try. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. You know, again, I think it just comes down to my contract. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been in those positions before, and I don't want to put my ex is really uh, pivotal to my education and a lot of the things that I achieved. I wouldn't have been able to do that without her. And she did have to put her life on pause and hold for that. And um, I just wouldn't want to be in a, I'm not going to be in a position in life where I'm going to ask somebody to do that again. Right. I think that at that time it was appreciated and and I'm glad I'm happy for it. Um, Couldn't have done it without her, but Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to be in a position where I do that again. But Mm -hmm. I am also because of that situation, I am 100% willing to do that for someone else. So, you know, I would I yeah. would support someone because I feel like I've 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 sown that and now I owe that, right? So, uh but I wouldn't want to ask somebody else to do that. I'd want them to be aligned with me. No, I Yeah, I agree. I guess when I look at my experience, Jackie was in the the workforce and I was the stay-at-home parent. But at the same time as me being a stay-at-home parent, when she would come home at night, I would go do my thing. Right. I would go grind because the idea for me, our plan was to get a black belt and open a jiu-jitsu gym. That's what I wanted to do. And that's her saying, okay, I'll do this work thing. You do the jujitsu thing, stay home with the kids. And we just played on that and just kept going towards it. I had a point and I lost it. <laughs> had a good, talk. Good, good talk good talk <laughs> but um, <clears throat> um circling back to my experience where i'm saying i see it in the light of i was still following my course as i felt that she was following her course i guess well i think you were aligned in that because you had agreed to that so right, right. I, I think as long you know that's the thing is as long as you're in agreement, you know, mm-hmm. I think what I was referencing is let's say a big job opportunity comes up in another state mm-hmm. and I say, Hey, look, I want to take that job opportunity. And my partner that I'm leaving behind says, I really don't want to do that. Yeah, I will, mm-hmm. but I don't want to. And then I go pursue it anyway, because that was my dream, right? I wouldn't do that. That isn't, that would not be an alignment that I would accept. Now, if my partner looked at me and said, Hey, I think it's a good opportunity. I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. We'll do this together. I think that we should do this, or right. I could stay here. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Then that would be in that the, would be an aligned direction, right? I guess that's what I'm saying. Like in the asking, like their opinion of the the course, you know, saying like what this is where the direction that I think I want to go. How do you feel about that? Because whichever direction I want to go has you in it, right? And if that does, you don't see yourself in that one. I'm gonna steer a little direction to where you do (laughs) (laughs) you know if that's where you're at right enough yeah you know like that's what i want you know and i guess that's what we got to write is like what do you really want because i want that picture you know Mm -hmm. whatever future it is it's who's there right yeah well i think that's the most important thing and and you brought this up early on and i've really adopted it with this idea of community And then when I built my idea of home and how important home is, and then I look at home being just not yourself, but your extended family. And then I've really now adopted this to where this extended family, 
this is home too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's home to where my kids run up and shoot bubble guns in y'all's <laughs> face. You know, like it's like that was my morning. <laughs> you know, like it's one of those where Anthony comes in with a shaved beard, and my daughter says, "I really liked that beard." <laughs> <laughs> like disappointed, <laughs> you know, like that was so bad at jujitsu, though. <laughs> I dude, I get it. I that I get it. So terrible. I get it. I, like. I'm getting caught my own fingers caught in my own beard because I'm trying to get trying to be sort of like sneaky and tight. And I'm getting like, what? I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, More betraying me. More oh, man. I think it was that night that Amna choked me out like four times in a row. And uh, she took my back and then she just grabbed the beard, pulled up and choked. And then I was like, eh, this is a real problem. <laughs> She would too. One hundred percent did, and it. Uh, I was like, yeah. Well, I can't defend myself. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. and, now, and now you know why the Romans shaved their heads. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we keep things nice and tight. Everything is fine. Yeah. I'll still weave through and grab that chin strap on that bad boy. I'm telling you. We know. <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah. I'm a little worried about rolling next time. I told a. I told Michelle, I was like, man, I'm going to be like sitting in front of the gym for like a minute before I go in. I said, I got one coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the middle. What were we? Was it the burpees? It was the burpees. And he goes, so you go and open mat tomorrow? And I was like, no. Why do you ask? <laughs> just wondering. Just wondering. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'll be sore. I was like, oh, shit. Next time I go to the gym, I'm just going to be, like, contemplating my decisions in life. I, I just contemplate past decisions. Just, it's like, okay. You know, it's okay. I'll, if I just jumped forget. on this and committed, I could be a black belt where I wouldn't have to keep worrying about doing the work to keep getting better as much because I'm like, I'm too old for this shit someday. <laughs> We're going to have the solemn music playing as I walk through the corridor. It's going to be okay. Oh man, it's gonna. Suck. You're in a safe place. <laughs> It'll be fine. Don't worry, you can take a nap yeah, voluntarily. This is, this is, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, this is a safe space. Hey, at least, at least, I will be lying down when I'm getting murdered. Yeah. That's uh, that is a bonus to jujitsu. You, it's the only sport you can I'm do. I'm gonna choke him out on the wall. Putting on, that, putting on the arms. <laughs> put on that. The, Kill me on the wall. <laughs> the arms of the angels song. <laughs> In the arms. <laughs> He's so mad. Oh, God. No. <laughs> it's okay. like when uh, Randy and whoever that other Doug were going, and I put on the Godzilla music that day. <laughs> <laughs> the Clash of the Titans. Oh, my God. We were laughing so hard. Oh, oh. oh man. Yeah. Like, seriously, how could anybody that listened to this podcast and understand our banter think that we are serious in any way of like physically challenging or threatening each other. I'm seriously physically challenging and threatening you right now. <laughs> I, I feel aggressive. <laughs> wow, that got aggressive. So many micro <laughs> microaggressions. I uh <laughs> I feel very threatened, you can tell. Oh my goodness, clearly. <laughs> but it's true though. <laughs> It is. It is. It, there is an element love. of truth. One hundred percent in love. Oh, for sure. I will hug you until you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like throughout that whole process, you're gonna be like, "Man, this really sucks," but you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> 
I will learn through it. Yeah. Are we You'll still me? feel safe. You're gonna be like, man, I this feels I like just the, got murdered. This but... feels like the Annalise story. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, feel, but I feel you know safe. my favorite my favorite part about rolling with you is actually probably different than most people. My favorite thing about rolling with you is that when I first go to roll with you, I, I'm usually pretty confident because I feel good. And I'm like, I got this. And then the first submission happens. And it's because you threw something up and I went to defend it and then you catch me. And then I'm like, okay. And so then I get into it the second time and I'm lost a little bit of steam and, and things are progressing. And then you'll throw up something and I'll defend and then you'll grow and I'll defend. And then you catch me at like the third or fourth pass. And I'm like, okay, you know, he got me, he got me. And then I just stop wanting to move. <laughs> like, maybe the safest thing is just to stay in this turtle position and not go anywhere. <laughs> doing this bad. Everything I do is wrong. <laughs> and then I just become completely stagnant and I just hold you. <laughs> like, we're not moving. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay right here. <laughs> I, date, I date myself. I heard that. Uh, oh, man. You remember, you remember Ghostbusters 2? The second Ghostbusters movie. There's yeah, that little yeah, nerdy yeah. art guy, Janos or whatever. He's yeah. like, everything you're doing is bad. I yeah, want I you Vigor. to know this. <laughs> I got Vigor on the wall. Remember that when he says yeah. that? Everything you're doing is bad. <laughs> I want you to know this. <laughs> For the audience that can't see, I have a uh, oh painting of Vigor displayed on my wall. Vigor so it is glorious. <laughs> the destroyer. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I know it was in my head. Anything labels you as a nerd, there you go. Boom. Hey, that's cool. Hey, I embrace all my unique qualities. Yeah. Dude, nerd out. Nobody would think it, though. Well, fair. Oh, man. I think everybody's a nerd in their own way. Oh, and yeah. in their own things. You uh, have to be. If you're not, you're lying. Dude. That shifts so much over time. Like I said before, it used to be like, oh, video games, nerd. Now it's like pretty mainstream. You get looked at weird if you don't game. Like I don't, I don't own an Xbox or a, right or something. I'd be like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely an outsider on this one. Yeah, you go to meet yeah, people. Yeah, Sam you used to walk up to you know no. The only reason this. I have one is because when I moved to uh, Georgia, I needed a D. I needed like a Blu-ray. Uh -huh. Hey, think about uh -huh. this. Think about interactions that you've walked up to grown men or men above the age of thirty. Right. Go back ten years ago. The first thing out of their mouth would have been sports. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Football. Now, it, what game you play? Mm -hmm. Right. You a gamer? Oh man. I'm instantly out of the conversation. Like, forget nothing. I was in too, and I played football. I was pretty damn good at it, actually. But like, yeah, I never yeah, I watched never sports. No, it just well, I didn't. Guy. I didn't care. Like yeah. now that I'm a grown up, like people are like, hey, want to, you know, like. If they're not ultra famous, I don't. Don't know get me wrong. Are. I like video games. I like playing. Yeah, video I know. Games. I you play just video don't games. Have them. I just there's no internet where you are. <laughs> I play on my phone sometimes. Right, I know. I know. You and I at the at that shooting course, we're on our phone that night. You guys are gonna have a balloon floating above the homestead. It's gonna be just projecting Wi-Fi. Be amazing. Yeah, patent that. Get that Elon Musk internet. <laughs> I just uh, I don't have electricity, so I guess I can't have a. <laughs> a well, I, well, we'll have a balloon. We'll figure the electricity out. Yeah, yeah it'll get hit by lightning. That's yeah. how we figure we'll do it out. Something. <laughs> right. 
It's not a kite. It's, <laughs> it's a balloon. We'll get an uki for it. <laughs> Hold this string. <laughs> you want a belt? <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Uh, clean the mat. Clean the mats. Hold this string. <laughs> right. Who's cleaning the mats? Who's holding the string today? <laughs> oh my flip, goodness! Flip a coin. It's about to get real. Speaking of which, what did you clean the mats with the other day? I walk in. There's like mat a, attack. There is an oil. <laughs> there is an oil slick on the mats, and I'm trying to do that private lesson. And it's and the next sponsor of this podcast, Anal Ease. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to jujitsu? That's what I want to know. Something Just, uh, something happened. I think it's made bubbles. by. <laughs> no, they didn't have it until today. Oh, that was the first day they had it. Was today. Um, what? Bubble guns. bubbles. Bubble guns. Like the oh, kid, the but they didn't. Got, I didn't even let them in the, like, the mat room. I know. Oh, um, my my brain went a completely different. Um, I was like, what are we doing at the gym? I think. The, I think the. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm picturing like the mats who, are all soapy and, and <laughs> <these> bubbles. <laughs> Is this a new way to clean the mats? Uh, what, the, what the fuck, man? No, it's. Uh, I think it's called. I, I was about ready to leave. I was like, well, what's going on? <laughs> Maybe I am going to open mat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, murder me now. <laughs> that or Otobahn. I don't know. It was it had like greasy texture to it. It was only in a couple of spots, but man, I hit that once or twice. That sent me flying. I was like, whoo. <laughs> it's like after we shot the paint markers for the combatives course. Yeah, that was crazy. Just finding blue paintball chunks everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. It's the multi-purpose space of multi-purpose spaces, man. Mm-hmm. It's no. wonderful. Yeah, it's the fun zone. <laughs> <laughs> the fun zone. The fun zone. Dude, I'll be sitting here. Sign. I'll be sitting here on the weekend, and the kids will be like, "Can we just go down to the gym?" <laughs> it's like drive down, open it up, just so they can like be bounce around it. on the mats. Just be in the gym. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. Addicted. Yeah, dude. It's so like good. you have a gym here. It's uh, not the same. I know. I know. There's something magical about Tenth Planet. I'm like, there's a hundred percent something magic going on on those mats right now yeah oh 100%. the level that is progressing is in insane the talent coming through the door it's the new talent i'm so excited when i look at i have five students right now like you were talking about earlier you can just look at them and then you know the fighter they're going to be i can see it i got five right now that are solid great and they are, seem to be committed they're consistent. They're showing up. Oh, man, I'm excited. You, yeah, it's six, fun. seven months from now, that's going to be a room full of real potential. Monsters, dude. Yeah. And that's the level of people from the community that are coming in and they're going like, wow, what is going on in this room? Yeah. Has been... It's culture. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a culture for sure. But I don't know, man. I, is it just the people that are walking in? I know, we, like, I... I Law of attraction, I get it, but these... I'm not saying it's not magic. <laughs> it's not magic. <laughs> I'm going to ask you again. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. Yeah. No, it's something special. Manifestation is a real thing. No, I, and it's a powerful thing. No, I truly believe it. And again, you just got to trust the process. Right. And you have to put the work in. Make your bed. It's like, like yeah. <laughs> Make your bed. Yeah. Gentlemen, I think that's a good place to end this one. Yep. yep. I had a good time. Yeah, it was a good one. As always. Yeah. It's always a good conversation, isn't it? 
Yeah, Dave is another mellow one. Mm-hmm. Kind of chill. We got into it pretty good, though. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Make sure if you're still listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Click that notification bell so that you get notified when we drop new podcasts. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe for you guys. It's going to be uh, quite a few announcements coming over the next few weeks. Uh, We're excited about it. Hopefully you guys keep listening. Uh, Make sure to follow along. We'd like to end by thanking our episode sponsors. Again, we'd like to thank Malevolent Art Studios out of Barnhart, Missouri. That is Anthony Ferguson out there. Please go see him and his artist. If you mention the Stoned Apes podcast, you will get 20% off of any booked tattoo. Our other sponsor is E Productions. Uh, that is Elliot Groth over there at E Productions. He does audio video work. Um, fantastic guy. We have several companies that uh, he has uh, done work for and uh, produces quality videos. You guys like to talk on that? Yeah, he's killing it for uh, our Instagram right now. It's definitely popping off, always doing great, always behind the camera, putting work in. Yeah, yeah the videos awesome. for the school look amazing. I know. Yeah, he's doing awesome for yeah, sure. Yeah, he did work for my uh, previous company, Six Tactical. I think you can find them uh, six underscore tack underscore ops. Uh, he did all the social media stuff for us on Instagram. Really good videography, mm-hmm. good attention to detail. Good. Uh, he knows how to kind of manipulate or trick the algorithms to get more, more views and stuff, especially in uh, different markets. He's got a depth of knowledge in that, so you should definitely check out his stuff. Absolutely. So make sure you go to the uh, episode description. You'll see the information there for e-productions. If you mention the Stoned Apes podcast, you will get 10% off of any of his services. So make sure that you book through the uh, link that we have there in the description and you'll be able to do that. Elliot also is a fantastic tattoo artist and he is the owner of Gateway Tattoo Studio in Arnold, Missouri. He is an appointment-only artist, but he specializes in black and gray and realism. Uh, if you guys are interested in looking for a tattoo, he's an, he's a, someone that we would definitely recommend getting with. Uh, go through the description, and you'll see the link to his email. Uh, send him your ideas. Let him work with you. I'm sure he's going to help you design something that uh, you're going to be happy with. He's going to be able to do a quality tattoo, one that you're going to be proud of, and that's going to last the test of time, which is always important. So book with him, and if you mention the Stoned Apes podcast, you will get $50 off any half-day booking. So again, that is going to wrap it up for the Stoned Apes. We thank you guys very much. And for this episode, the Stoned Apes are out.